After his dramatic conversion to faith in Jesus Christ, Saul of Tarsus began his ministry in Damascus, and the church continued to grow, even multiply. How did that happen? What is the secret to a growing church? For starters, godly leaders who never quit. Things started relatively easy for Saul, but quickly became difficult. Forces in opposition to the gospel of Jesus threatened his life. But not once did Saul, who became the great apostle Paul, think about retreating. Not once did he ever say, this is too much for me. I can't handle it anymore. I quit. What the church needed then and today is what I call never, never quit leaders. Are you one of them? I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good. Saul of Tarsus had killed Christians before, and he was on his way to do it again. But God had other plans. Hello, welcome to this Monday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And I'm Brian Davis, always glad to have you with us. Well, the conversion of Saul is one of the most amazing stories in scripture. And it paved the way for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be taken to the Gentiles. Today, Ron shares some of the secrets to church growth as he continues his teaching series, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. Stay right here or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, check out Something Good Television, Something Good Courses, Something Good Travel, and the new Something Good Digital Library, where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. From Acts chapter nine, Here's Ron with today's Something Good radio message, The Secret to a Growing Church. For some days, Saul was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose? to bring them bound before the chief priests. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. When many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching by the, by the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him by night and led him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists. But they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. And now verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. 
I want to talk to you about the secret of a growing church. I've been to a lot of uh, what I might call church growth conferences over the years, and all of them are, are good at some level. You go to a conference like that as a pastor, you chew up the meat, you spit out the bones, you realize that not everything that a church might be doing in another context fits your context. You look for those transferable principles, all of that is good. Um, but I've always come away from conferences like that and, and, and come to a text even like Acts chapter 9 and, and see some principles that could uh, greatly reduce the time I spend at a conference like that because I'm going to share with you the secret to a growing church, at least some of them, um, in about 30 minutes' time. Not three days, not seven days, not, not a conference length. Uh, the inspiration for the title of this message I received from verse 31. Uh, one of those summary verses in Luke's book of Acts where he talks about how the church multiplied one more time. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to some of those uh, secrets there. But I see some other secrets uh, in the verses leading up to that, the verses that I read starting in verse 20 all the way up to verse 31. I, I, I see some things related to leaders in the church that are vitally important to any growing church. I see something about the people of the church, and, and I see something about the vital role of the Holy Spirit. So let's come at it that way. Uh, the first secret to a growing church that I see is that strong, godly leaders never quit. Let's pick up where we were last time in Acts chapter 9, where we told the um, amazing story of uh, one of the, the greatest religious conversions in human history. We're talking about Saul of Tarsus, Saul the terrorist of Tarsus, who was walking along the road to Damascus, uh, carrying papers that gave him the authorization to terrorize the Christians who had made their way to Damascus, and boom, the light of glory, the Shekinah glory of God stopped Saul in his tracks, blinded him for a period of time, and Saul uh, miraculously and dramatically came to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, we call it that road to Damascus ex experience. But what happened thereafter? Well, putting together the chronology of Saul's early ministry is a little bit of a challenge. We get some of that chronology immediately following in Acts chapter 9, but we also have to go to Galatians chapter 1 to fill in some of the gaps. And, and from that, we can come up with a pretty good chronology. In your notes, I've given you a chart as to what happened, where it happened, when it happened, and Scripture references that kind of bounce back and forth between Acts 9 and Galatians chapter 1, even Galatians chapter 2. And let me give you just a summary of what happened. Saul comes to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, he is blinded. He is led into Damascus, and he's there for three days, and he's praying. He's fasting. Uh, three days later, his, uh, uh, the scales come off his eyes. He's baptized, and then a guy named Ananias comes and uh, welcomes him into the family of God with that phrase we talked about last time, Brother Saul. And Saul immediately starts some ministry in Damascus. That makes sense, doesn't it? Well, he, he ended up in Damascus. He ends up ministering in a way that he didn't intend when he first set out for Damascus. But the Bible tells us in verse 20, for some days Saul was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying, he is the Son of God. And naturally, people were a little bit surprised by this because they knew Saul of Tarsus's reputation, and now he's talking about Jesus in ways that people didn't expect him to. 
But generally speaking, this early ministry experience in Damascus was relatively easy, somewhat fruitful, but at some point, and now we're factoring in Galatians chapter 1 that we'll get to in a moment here, uh, Saul leaves Damascus and goes to Arabia. We don't have a detailed account of what happened in Arabia or what he did in Arabia. My guess, and most uh, Bible teachers uh, uh, align with this idea, is that Saul realized he needed some further training, not from the seminary professors, not from the feet of Gamaliel where he learned his uh, Judaism, but he needed to get alone with God. He talks about receiving the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in Galatians, not from men, but from a revelation of Jesus Christ. And Saul, who knew the Old Testament well, I mean, he was, he was Saul of Tarsus, a Pharisee of Pharisees, advancing in his Judaism beyond even his own contemporaries. He knew the old scriptures well, but he probably needed some time with Jesus alone in the Arabian desert for Jesus to connect the dots that Saul knew about the Old Testament to who Jesus was and all that had happened. We don't know the exact period of time that he spent there, but we know it was less than three years because the totality of time he spent in Damascus was three years. So he starts his ministry there. It's relatively easy. He goes off to Arabia. Then he comes back to Damascus. Now, let's go to Galatians chapter 1 and hear how Saul describes this, beginning in verse 11, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached to me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ." For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it, and I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own uh, age among my own people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when He who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by His grace was pleased to reveal His Son to me. In order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, three years probably from his conversion, then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him for 15 days. So follow the chronology here and stay with me for a moment because I have a point in all of this. He comes to faith in Christ on the road to Damascus. He stays in Damascus for a period of time and begins proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues. They're a little bit you know, taken back by that, but it's a relatively easy time of ministry. He goes off to Arabia for some time alone with Jesus to receive a revelation. I love that he says, the gospel that I received, I did not receive from men. You know, there's one thing, it's one thing to reason in our own minds and come up with something, but human reason always has its limit. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is not based upon uh, the, the reasoning of any human mind. It's the revelation of God, and never forget that, friends. And so even as Saul came to a greater understanding of the gospel, and Jesus connects all the dots for him in Arabia. He then comes back to Damascus and continues his ministry, but things get a little bit harder. 
Uh, it says there in verse 23, when many days had passed, now I'm back in Acts chapter 9, the Jews plotted to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul, and they were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him. But his disciples took him by night and led him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a basket. Up next, the second half of Dr. Ron Jones' message, The Secret to a Growing Church. If you're listening to Something Good Radio for the first time, we'd like to send you a free chapter of Ron's most popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife. Consider it our way of saying thanks for being part of our radio listening family. Stop by our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and click the I'm New icon right at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, share your prayer requests with us by clicking on Explore at the top of the homepage and then scrolling down to the How Can We Pray For You option. Our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer, so contact us anytime. If a mass murderer came to your church and said he wanted to preach a sermon, I'm sure you'd be a little skeptical. That's what happened 2,000 years ago when the Apostle Paul tried to join the apostles in Jerusalem. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good radio message, The Secret to a Growing Church. Now, back then, uh, cities had walls. How interesting that we have a lot of discussion in our politics today about walls, but ancient cities had walls. Nations had walls. They were meant to protect the inhabitants of the city and to guard who came in and out of the city. And in ancient cities, those walls were oftentimes as wide as a chariot so that a chariot could drive around the wall as the watchman, you know, protected the wall. And there were maybe some rooms or or, uh, places to, to meet alongside the wall. The plot rose up against Saul. Less than three years into his ministry as a minister of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, a plot arises to kill him. And the disciples hear about it, and they, they, they take Saul in the middle of the night to the wall and to a room where there's a window, perhaps, and they let him down in a basket, okay? Oh, the humiliation of Saul. They let him down in a basket where he now escapes to Jerusalem, where he catches up with some other uh, followers of Jesus, less than three years into his ministry. By the way, do you know that the average length of stay for a pastor in a church these days is three and a half years? Because it takes about that time for something, some, some plot to rise up, okay? We're trying to break that record here, okay? And we will. <laughs> That's my intention. But I find it interesting. I find it interesting. It didn't take very long at all for ministry to go from relatively easy for Saul to now it becomes more difficult, and it becomes increasingly more difficult as he goes to Jerusalem. It says in verse 28, and when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. They're still, after three years, questioning the man's conversion to Christ, saying, I'm not so sure about this, because he had such a strong reputation in the past of being a persecutor of the way. And he goes to Jerusalem, and Barnabas takes him aside. We'll talk about that in a moment. It says a little bit later that he, he went in and out among them in Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. 
But they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Where according to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 1, I believe in the chronology, he spent the next 14 years of his life in Tarsus, okay? Just a reminder of what Jesus said to Ananias about his plans for Saul. Do you remember this in um, Acts chapter 9? Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Now, I want you to hold your place here in Acts chapter 9 and go with me to um, uh, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 11. Just turn there with me in your Bibles. I believe, and uh, many, many other Bible teachers do, that the verses I'm about to read here, as Paul describes his hardships in the ministry, are, are, are probably reflective of his time in, in Tarsus, or what he says in Galatians, Cilicia, same region, okay? It wasn't easy. It went from an easy time in Damascus, then to Arabia, back to Damascus for a hard time with a plot to kill him, off to Jerusalem in the humility of a basket outside the city walls in the dark of night. He gets to Jerusalem. Another plot rises up to get rid of Saul, and now he's off. Now he's back to his hometown in Tarsus. And he's been ministering there for probably up to 14 years. And he says in the middle of his letter to the Corinthians, verse 23, are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. He says, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at the sea on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. I'm waiting for Rodney Dangerfield to show up in this list too, you know. In toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Anybody ready to sign up to be a follower of Jesus? Remember, Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. It's a nice way of saying strap on your seatbelts. This is not a carnival cruise ship. Paul was a chosen instrument of God and would have to go through many, many sufferings. Tradition tells us his life ended in a prison in Rome as Nero severed his head from his body. Why do I go through all the chronology there? Simply to say this, that one of the secrets to a growing church are strong, godly leaders that never quit. Not once do you hear the words of retreat in Saul. Not once did he ever say, this is too much for me, I just can't handle it. So wasn't what I signed up for, God. Come on now. No, he just kept pressing on. It reminded me a little bit of the words of Winston Churchill. Um, during the first uh, 10 months of World War II, 
There's a famous quote that comes from um, the stories of Churchill. He was asked to come back to his alma mater, a school named Harrow, and kind of give a commencement address, and that's where he gave the famous never give in, never give in, never, never, never give in speech. But I, I looked at it this week in the broader context, and li- listen to what Churchill was saying. And keep in mind, you know, this was, this was only 10 months into World War II, and they were facing great challenges as a nation. He says, you cannot tell from appearances how things will go. Sometimes imagination makes things out far worse than they really are, yet without imagination, not much can be done. Those people who are imaginative see many more dangers than perhaps exist, certainly many more than will happen. But then they must also pray to be given that extra courage to carry this far-reaching imagination. But for everyone, surely, what we have gone through in this period, uh, surely from this period of 10 months, this is the lesson. Never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 never in nothing great or small, large or petty. Never give in except to convictions of honor and good sense. If Paul's conversion teaches us anything, it's this. There are lost sheep, lost coins, and often lost chances. But with God, there is no such thing as a lost cause. Thanks for being here with us for Ron's message, The Secret to a Growing Church. If you missed part of today's teaching, or if you'd like to hear it again, visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. None of us can accomplish God's will without a little help. Today, with your help, Something Good Radio will keep sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through these radio and internet broadcasts. When you partner with us, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, Exploring Its Amazing Secrets. To join the 828 Club today, please visit our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and use the Partners tab right at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org, or give us a call at 757-276-1099. 
If you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to Something Good Radio today, we'd love for you to have the complete audio download of the series you're hearing now, A.D. Acts of the Apostles. That's A.D. Acts of the Apostles. It's our gift to you by request for your gift to Something Good Radio. Make a donation online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. You know, our, our culture has completely lost the fear of God. We started as a nation uh, grounded in biblical principles. Our founding documents say that. But in the last generation, we, we have jettisoned the fear of the Lord. There's, there's very little respect for God in the public square. And when that happens, it's a slippery slope and not long after becomes the loss of respect for law and order. And we're experiencing that right now. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, The Secret to a Growing Church. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.